listening to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey, Colorado Springs, Chris Lopez here, and today's episode is going to be a deal analysis, and my co-host, Jenny Bayless, is the agent that led the transaction and will also talk to us about the deal. Good morning, Jenny. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Chris? Uh, I'm doing really good. I'm excited to see about this. So so what is the deal? Tell me in the audience what you're going to walk us through today. Yeah. So we have a five-bed, two-bath, single-family detached home. Um, it's in awesome condition. Super nice. Nice big yard. Good views. So happy to, to kind of dig into this a little bit um, with our guest, Alex, today. Yeah. Alex, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing wonderful. And just listeners know, Alex is the uh, is our client, and also the investor in this property, and he was able to hop on the call and talk to us some details. So, uh, our new format for these deal analyses, we're actually going to plug or update the spreadsheet live while we discuss the deal, discuss the numbers, because the spreadsheet numbers are a great way to tell the story of the deal. Uh, but let's back up one step before then, Alex, because you know. Investing in real estate is on your radar. Can I give us your backstory and what led us up to this investment? Sure thing. So yeah, I'm a 28-year-old. I'm the best out here. I'm originally from San Francisco. And um, I, a couple of years ago, I started coming out to Denver for work and just really liked the area. So decided to make the move permanent. And one of the first things my mom kind of recommended to me was, hey, you should look at real estate out there. So I got out here and immediately started looking at properties and ended up settling on a, um, my primary residence I'm in now, which is a condo in Capitol Hill. And this kind of sparked my interest in real estate. So shortly after purchasing that property, I really uh, started looking to educate myself on the real estate investing game. And from there, one of the first resources I got hooked on was your Denver podcast, Chris. So it's pretty great that I'm able to be here as a guest um, about a year later. So, so yeah, so my first uh, real estate investment ended up being a three bedroom, two bath cash flowing condo in East Denver in October of last year. And that property's done really well for me. And I, I made a goal that this year in 2021, I wanted to look for another similar property in Denver, but I also was really intrigued by the options in spring. So I made it a goal to get that as well. And that ended up being what led me to this deal here. All right. So let's start jumping into the spreadsheet here. And I'm going to let you guys, t uh, I'm going to ask you the question I filled in. So this was a five bed, you said two bath or three bed, uh, two bath, right? Two. Two bath, Colorado Springs, detached SFR. So single family, it was an investment property. And before we uh, get into any more numbers on here, just from a high level, what part of town is it in and what attracted you to the property? Cool. So, yeah, so it's um, in Fort Carson area, very close, about 10 minutes from the base there. Uh, that's definitely a very attractive part of it. Um, we knew that it was going to be pretty easy to find a, a tenant interested in the property. However, we did not know it was going to, how easy it was actually going to be. We ended up getting a tenant in there within six days. So six day vacancy, not bad. 
Yeah, don't don't get used to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, Alex and I had some conversations where, you know, we've talked about vacancy and I said, oh, it, it's really low. Trust me. I think you'll like vacancy. But I don't think either of us were expecting uh, the success that he had on this one in terms of, of getting a tenant filled. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Jenny, from your perspective, I mean, you're you're an expert down there. What did you like about this deal from a high level? Um, so I really like the area that it's in. I own multiple properties in the same neighborhood and they've been great rental properties. I always have, um, awesome tenants, consistent, um, interest in the properties. Uh, the tenants that have lived in this neighborhood have actually been pretty long-term, believe it or not, even though it's pretty close proximity to the base. Um, but yeah, this is just a really solid area, solid property, um, so it's it was pretty, pretty interesting that we were able to snag this one. And so jumping, jumping back to the spreadsheet here, and for those listening to the podcast, we'll do a good job of talking about the numbers. It'll also be on the YouTube video and also in the blog post. What was the down payment percentage? Down payment percentage was 15. Ooh, so was, you want higher yeah, leverage. I like it. Exactly. So I was initially um, expecting to, to look to pay 20%, but in conversations with Joe Massey, the lender we use, he mentioned that I actually qualified 15% for single families here. So that ended up being what we went with. Yeah. So now, uh, you know, 15% down payments, you can do that on detached single family homes and townhomes. Usually does not work out for condos, does not work out for multifamilies. But 15% down, you do have to pay mortgage insurance since it's below 20%. Did you uh, pay it up front or are you paying it monthly? I'm paying it monthly. Um, we, we looked at, you know, the, the break-even points for that as well as the interest. And basically with the, the strategy I was going for, it made sense to just pay it monthly. Because it's probably pretty insignificant, right? Right, right. And it probably looking down the road to maybe look to cash out refinance. So that would probably go away anyways. So what was the property listed for and what was the final purchase price? So... Yeah, Jenny, you have that? I think it was listed for about three thirty-five. Yeah, correct. And then we went in at three fifty-five. And yeah. we were able to grab this. It was what on a Tuesday, some some random day in the middle of the week, um, because it had come back on the market. So we were able to act really fast on this, even though they still got a couple offers in during that time. Um, yeah, we were able to to grab this one. All right, so this was on the MLS. It was mm-hmm. under contract, uh, but fell out. So it was on your radar. Yeah. Um, and then you acted fast, put an aggressive offer, got under contract, right? Exactly. Okay. Correct. And actually, the purchase price ended up being three fifty because we were able to get five thousand taken off as an inspection objection. So, well, yeah, let's talk about that because I mean, the, you know, the, the first step is putting the offer. Second step is we (laughs) hope it gets accepted in the current market. Third step is due diligence and inspection. So with the inspection process, um, what was the report like? What was the condition of the property? And obviously you got some, you got a few bucks off. Tell us about it. Yeah. So one of the big draws to this property was the condition of the property. And that ended up being reflected in the inspection report. Um, just a lot of minor um, nits. Uh, I think I just got the bill from my property manager and it ended up being just $400 in repairs. So super turnkey. Uh, however, one of the things 
which I think is quite common with a property that's a little older, this is built in the 60s, um, is that the two of the down the, the two downstairs bedrooms had um, egress windows that are technically not up to code. So they're a little smaller. So one of the things we objected was to see if the seller could take care of that and bring them up to code. And what they ended up coming back with was that they would knock off five thousand off the purchase price. And then, you know, I'll, I'll plan to look at uh, resolving that in the future. Wait, you actually got money off the inspection objection on egress windows? Yep. Okay, so if listeners out there, and Jenny, I'm curious your thoughts. That uh, I want to I want to set expectation on here because that that is not a normal thing we can get. <laughs> I think it's the first time in my career so far we've been able to successfully have that happen. Um, so that is wonderful. But for other investors out there, um, you know, that that is not a high probability ask that we can ask the listing agent seller for. <laughs> um, and so for acquisition, oh, okay. So going through the inspection stuff. So uh, in good shape, you got some money off to get it, uh, you know, dig out the egress windows further in the future. Any other major issues with inspection or due diligence? No. It is one of the cleanest properties I've I've seen, Ooh, especially our... one that's how old is it? Seventy years old? I don't know, but yeah, it's it's awesome. Great. So, Jenny, what are you know? We got the acquisition costs here, which are things for like appraisal, closing costs, inspection, most ballpark acquisition costs for a property like this. Um. Well, I think Alex would probably be better suited um, to answer this one just because I know um, he had to pay a little bit extra to get that 15% down. So Alex, do you have the numbers for that? Yeah. So the acquisition cost ended up being $10,600. Um, there was basically 8000 in loan fees for going 15%. Yeah. So I guess that's something to be aware of at going at 15%. All right. So acquisition costs are just north of $10,000. Down payments about uh, fifty two thousand five hundred. Oh, and on that price reduction, was the price reduced, or did you get five thousand dollars back as credits? It was just reduced. Okay, off the overall purchase price. So I'll leave seller credits at zero. And the reason I asked that for listeners knows because hey, a five thousand dollar price reduction, um, you know, lowers the overall balance. A five thousand dollar credit is five thousand dollars less that Alex or you would have to bring in the closing table. So initial repair costs, you said like four hundred bucks from your PM. Yep. That's a nothing burger. <laughs> so for all in with down payment, closing costs, acquisition costs, initial repair costs, about $65,000 all in? Correct. All right. Your interest rate. So that was 3.625. All right. 3.625. 30-year fixed, right? Correct. All right. So what is Mr. Tenant that moved in after six days? What is he or she paying for rent? He's paying $1,900 a month. <laughs> so yeah. funny, funny story about this is, uh, you know, Alex had been, Alex and I had been going back and forth, like, oh, what do you think's a good number? What do you think's a good number? Even bringing in the, you know, the PM. And I said, Alex, I think you're being a little aggressive with, with this rent number. And he said, well, let's just try it for a week. And then I get a text less than a week later. Hey, guess what? I got my number that I looked for. So <laughs> that was awesome news for, for that. So what, what did you initially underwrite it at, Jenny? I was thinking 1750 to 1800 And okay. the 1800 I felt a little nervous even suggesting that. Well, yeah, I believe the previous tenants were paying like 1650. 
So yeah. we went pretty aggressive and I guess it shows that, you know, <laughs> rents and appreciation are both going up in Colorado Springs. Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with being aggressive on rents. I mean, you can post that way for a week or 10 days. If you're getting feedback and traction, great. If you're not, great. Drop it 50 bucks, drop 100 bucks. Like, you know, so I'm, I'm glad that paid off. Um, vacancy. I mean, do you want to run it at, at 3%? Zero. Like what's a, what's a good percent? I mean, I think six days is a little too, I don't want to model that. So, yeah, I, I think we ended up modeling 3% anyways in our underwriting and I think that's a good number to keep. All right. So 3% vacancy, 3% rent increase, appreciation. I mean, I usually write it between three to 5% just to be conservative. What do you guys want to put in there? You want to put in 19% like I did last year or whatever stupid <laughs> number it was down there? That's what, uh, yeah, I always get that question. I'm like, uh, I would just pick five, but you can, you know, play around for your own amusement, I guess, for, for those higher numbers. But I think five is, is a reasonable uh, input for that field. And to keep it simple, I'll just say the tax rate at 25% to kind of keep that standard through deal analyses. Uh, property management. You're up here in Denver. This is down in Fort Carson. I'm assuming you have a property manager, right? Yes, I do have a property manager and 10% is the, is the fee there. All right. Uh, what are you planning on for monthly reserves? So for monthly reserves, I underwrote it at 5% given the condition of the property. All right. So great condition. Uh, HOA, I'm assuming no? Nope. Oh. Taxes. Yeah, so the taxes last year were just shy of a thousand, so I put a thousand there. What's your insurance like? It's, it's uh, about twelve fifty. Okay. And utilities? Are you paying for any utilities, or is your tenant paying for all of them? Tenant's paying for all of them. Great. And for like uh, landscaping, snow removal, that's also tenant responsibility. Yes. All right. All right, Jenny. Any any numbers that we missed here? No, I don't think so. Great. All right. We'll do our virtual drum roll, drum roll and go to the cash flow tab. So you have an annual rental income of just under $23,000. Annual expenses of just around 5,500. Leaves you a net operating income of about 16,500. Subtract out the mortgage payments, principal and interest. That's about 16200 for the year. And the spreadsheet is auto-calculating monthly mortgage insurance of $107 a month. Is that, do you know what yours is, at, Alex, or is this close to it? That's, that's pretty spot on. Okay. So we have an annual cash flow before taxes of negative $1,100. So basically $100 a month, let's say you are native cash flowing on here. So let's talk about this because you're, you're a smart guy. You've bought rentals before. You're doing high leverage here. Tell me what your reaction is to this number. Yeah. So initially, you know, I went into looking at properties out here with the intent of breaking slightly above even on cash flow. Um, but as the deal kind of evolved, um, I realized that, you know, being able to put 15% down, and increase to a higher price point. Um, originally, I was only looking at under three hundred thousand um, dollars. So, getting even better leverage, going up to the higher price point, and with how much things are appreciating, I figured that was insignificant, and 
The other thing is my other property that I acquired last year is cash flowing really well. So I know I have more than enough to offset this and, you know, not um, tap into my, you know, my, my normal accounts. So I felt, I felt comfortable with this, even though it is slightly negative cash flow. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about two really good points that you, that you highlighted on there. So the first one being when we originally started looking, we were, like you said, looking for properties under that 300,000 mark, because those are typically the ones that, that cash flow in the area. Right. And Alex was observing, he said, you know, I have to offer an appraisal gap on all of these under 300 K properties. The whole point of what I'm trying to do is max leverage. So the, the fact that he would have to offer an appraisal gap and likely tap into that appraisal gap was basically wiping out his um, strategy of, of this. So he said, well, let's just go to the next bracket higher. So if he's putting $65,000 down, he'd rather have a $350,000 property instead of putting you know $50,000 down and then having to bring $15,000 appraisal gap. Um, so I thought that was a, just a really interesting strategy that I, I, I was really impressed uh, by that pivot. And then secondly, the other item that you mentioned is the fact that your other uh, rental property is cash flowing a lot. And even though that this one is negative cash flow about a thousand dollars a year, I like to look at my performance as a portfolio wide um, as well. So the fact that you have just kind of a mix of different strategies within your portfolio, um, I think that's something that uh, is a really good uh, point to, to mention as well. I agree with that a lot. So. Negative cash flow, but it makes sense to your, you know, to your risk tolerance, Alex. It makes sense in your overall portfolio. You're going more for a leverage play. And then actually we'll talk about kind of the next the, the longer term plan with this as well. So finishing out some numbers here, this is a 4.7% cap rate. Um, which is, you know, this is what we're seeing for single family homes on rental properties, and this is on the better end of things as well. But for the first year return on your money, looking at that return on investment quadrant, it should be around a 38% return on your money. So 27% on depreciation, negative 2% on cash flow, 8.6% on debt pay down, and 4.2% on depreciation. Because if we actually went through and ran this back at, let's say, 20% down payment, which will drop off the PMI, but increases your cash to close by almost $20,000. You now are cash flowing $1,100 a year, we'll say $100 a month, and your return goes down to 32%. And I think this is always a great exercise for people to look at is, hey, I can, every, every property will cash flow. You just put more money down. <laughs> Everything property will cash flow. But Alex, would you rather spend extra, invest an extra $20,000 to make an extra, I guess, swing it $200 a month? or keep $20,000 in your bank account, stock market account, or use it to buy the next rental? Give me the $20,000. Hey, I, I am smiling and nodding. That's exactly my attitude. Um, <laughs> Jenny, what would you do? Oh, I would do what Alex did. Okay. I mean, $200 a month is not gonna change my life. Yep. And but. it should not make or break your, your uh, portfolio. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so I think this is a really great deal in, in the current market. Um, I want to ask you some questions, Alex, about kind of some next steps on this property. But before we do that, do either of you guys have any like final thoughts or things to talk about this specific deal? Um, no, for me. Nope. I think, I think we covered everything. All right. So Alex, I know, um, you had mentioned that you're going to look at doing a cash out refi in the future. Talk to me about that strategy, uh, time period and what your, how that will go into your future bigger plans. Sure. Yeah. So definitely, you know, looking at properties in the long term, um, in the real estate game for, for the long place. So one of the things when looking at this property was definitely, you know, the, the appreciation of the Springs, um, even if it can somewhat keep pace with what it's doing now would make this uh, a great candidate for a cash out refi down the line. Um, I know, you know, it's not great to look at, you know, past appreciation and project that into the future, but I think there's some really good signals from the Springs. I mean, we've seen they're, uh, they're one of the hottest markets right now. And I know that the tech sector there is, is growing like crazy. So I expect that it'll, it'll um, maintain solid appreciation for the foreseeable future. So my plan in about three to five years is to take a look at this property, see how it's performing and, you know, see, see if it makes sense to take some equity out and apply it elsewhere. So hopefully it appreciates enough that that, that ends up, um, you know, being a possibility. And I like that strategy a lot. And Jenny, I think your term is the slow burn. Mm-hmm. So that's right. Did, did yeah. I say that correctly? Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. And so this is just one of the, you know, a great thing to keep in mind is that, you know, we can't change what the market is doing, but we can invest with the trends of the market. And Alex just hit the nail on the head that, hey, we've had great appreciation. We can continue to expect appreciation. How can I use what the market is giving us in returns? and make that work for what I want to do to maximize my returns. And looking at doing a future cash out refi um, makes a ton of uh, sense in this current market. And so something else, Alex, because I think, you know, for the the next property, um, I think you said that you're looking for another condo in Denver, right? Was that, is that going to be the next step? Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the goal. I'm always open to see what the market is offering, but yeah, that is the goal right now. So let me ask you this because, you know, condos, they require 25% down payment. And this is a question I've, I've asked myself. So I'm curious to get your guys' opinion on here. So you buy a condo in Denver, 25%. So, uh, you know, less leverage, better cash flow. Um, why 25% down versus another higher leverage play? Yeah. So right now it's just kind of, you know, about diversifying my portfolio. I, I was able to get a good high leverage play here. Um, however, I am not looking to, to house hack or nomad at the moment. So yeah, I'm kind of, I guess between, you know, do I do another similar property to this one or, um, go back to cash flowing? So I guess my thought was kind of, you know, I just did a leverage one. So let's, let's cash flow next. Um, you know, keep building up the, the monthly income that I could put towards more properties. And then maybe the one after that, I'll look into another leverage play. All right. Jenny, what are your thoughts on that? On like the the, the higher leverage, fifteen percent down, twenty five percent down payments. What's what's your thoughts? I'm I meaning to ask you about that too. Oh gosh, I changed my mind on that <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> um, I think right now, uh, as of today, I'm probably more into leverage because interest rates are still so low. 
Um, you know, obviously with the caveat of having proper reserves, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I almost see the, the, the mortgage itself as being a benefit, especially in an appreciating market, especially if we're talking about going into an inflationary period. I don't, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think right now, uh, debt is an asset in this case. So Alex, I forgot to ask you this before we hit record on the podcast. So I'm preferencing this now as we're on here. Can people reach out and contact? You know, the podcast is great for people network. I always like to ask people before, and I failed on this one. So this is my bad. Um, how, how much do you want to share? Can people reach out to you? And also what can the community and the podcast, like, what are you looking for to network with or meet with people as well? Like let me and the podcast know about that. Yeah, so absolutely people can reach out. Uh, I think one of the, the big negatives of getting into real estate investing during the COVID period has been that I have not had the opportunity to network with many fellow investors. So, you know, whether it be face-to-face or over social media, over the phone, over email, I'm very open to um, meeting people and just talking real estate. So please, if anyone is interested, reach out. Cool. And we'll put all the notes in the contact details. So I'm assuming email, Instagram, are those the two best ways? Yes, those are the best ways. All yeah. right. If you want to do you want to drop your Instagram handle on the air? Sure. Sure. It's uh, A.M. Sadegi. So uh, A-M-S-A-D-E-G-H-I. That's all my right. first, middle initials and last name. Great. Well, Alex, Jenny, thank you guys. This has been great. Um, and looking forward to talking to you about future deals too, Alex. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you so much, Jenny, for working with me through this deal. We know it's kind of a tough one. We put a lot of offers in, but I learned a lot and I really appreciate the help. Yeah, it was great. You were such a fun client to work with and I really appreciated, um, your viewpoints on everything. So I, I learned from you as well. So it was great. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening in. If you want the details on here, check the show notes, email Jenny for more questions. We'll email Alex as well. And of course, if you have any questions for investing in Colorado Springs, reach out to Jenny. She's an expert down there and uh, knows the market. And as you can tell from Alex's deal, she gets things done. So thanks, everyone.